is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. We are no longer where we can be no, yeah, no more me, bro. Doing the bird dog camera. Bird dog, yeah. The bird dog camera. Hey, I had a light bulb. You have light bulbs all the time. I know, but so you I was... didn't even understand what bird dog came from. No, I, I knew what it was, but I just didn't know where I remembered it from. Yeah, so what is it? It's a not a scout. It's a, a sub-scout. It's like a rent-a-cop. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Right? It's yeah. Paul Bart, mall cop. <laughs> <right? laughs> that's a good, so I love that, that movie. Oh, that's one of the best movies out there. So um, I'm excited about today. Uh <clears throat> In our new bird dog podcast program, uh, one of my old friends that uh, 27 years I've known, Alan Tyson, and um, director of performance at Architect Sports, has been a, a trainer, has worked on me. Well, when I was when I was ancient, that's a story for another day. <laughs> it's another story for another day. <laughs> Kevin together and Andrew One Tools Ike, our producer here, as usual. One tool, um, many tools though. I we, we we're cutting them short. He does a lot of things around here, but. Uh, um, let's start off real quick, Alan. Thank you for being here. Yeah, my and pleasure. Then jump in with us, you know, as, as we're going along. But there's a lot of things going on with Major League Baseball right mm-hmm. now, trying to determine, you know, what the season is going to look like. If the season is going to look like anything, uh, right now it looks like early July that they want to start, which means they're going to move guys mm-hmm. back. They'll do a, a very short spring training. They're talking about expanding rosters. But one of the one of the things that they negotiated, you know, five or six weeks ago with the players' association and the owners was. They would reduce salaries by thirty to forty percent. Okay, so you know thirty forty percent is a lot of regardless. <clears throat> yeah, it's all relative. Right. What if you're Garrett Cole and you're making three hundred twenty-five million? Or what are you making? <laughs> that's you a lot know, of money. That's a lot of bank that you're kind of leaving on the table. <laughs> that's right. So now the 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 owners are coming back today and making another proposal when they already agreed on the negotiation of of limiting the of reducing the salaries and playing games with no fans. They're coming back today and say we're going to play games with no fans. But we want the players to eliminate all salaries, mm. and then owners and players share 50-50. So now you get your 50%, and you go to Garrett Cole. Well, we only got X amount of dollars. You know, you know. Are you going to share the same amount of money with Garrett Cole as you're going to share with the uh, the guy that's just breaking in, the rookie? <laughs> right. So now it, it's getting interesting. It's getting testy. And I know that uh, Boris Scott Boris, one of the bigger agents, is yep. saying, yeah, "Not man. happening, yeah. man. You know, you're not doing this." Imagine how much money that guy's leaving on the table. Yeah, interesting, uh, especially if during this off season, because we've seen guys that, you know, they have some aches and pains. And so do you want to go lay it out on the line um, in a short season anyway? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I don't know. I think there's obviously enough money to go around, but uh, I think that uh, I'm usually – 99 times out of 100 on the player side they're uh, well, entertainment and i'm looking for entertainment so sure you know well, it's funny you say that because I'm I'm, I'm 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 torn between it i'm mm-hmm. torn as as a former player because i'm always on the player side you know get what you can get for as long as yeah. you can because yeah. you know this thing ends i mean people get like people say you know well guys you make it so much money and you do yeah a lot of the guys are making a lot of money and the, and the, and the and the balance has changed you know it used to be the the mid-tier guys made pretty good now it's bottom and it's top there's yeah. not really the mid-tier money in there but you know if you're an entertainer if you're if you're david letterman you can stay on the late night show and make you know 20 million dollars a year for the rest right. of your life if you're doing it you only you have you know you only have a a short shelf life mm-hmm. as a player so i grind it out but on the other side like you you know i'm a fan i want i want to watch the game i want to i want to i want to i want to see i want to watch a game that i don't already know the outcome that's all that's what i've been watching you know? yeah, my wife the other day she's like why are you watching the nba finals from yeah. 2011 i go i don't really know but that's yeah. all i got well you know my wife asked me the same question I response like, why are you watching seinfeld for the 50th time? you know why are you watching the same stuff over and over yeah. so they don't get it. it's all relative but you know it's you know it, it, it's them picking on us and that's uh that's how it goes but you know, it'll be interesting to see how this all turns out. It's you know, I watched. Um, you know, there's a lot of players in the area here that know former big league guys mm-hmm. that we know that we've been associated with. Only, but Landon Powell is the head coach down at North Greenville, and uh, you know, I put it. I put out a, a, a tweet that said, you know, great moments along the way happened to all of us one way or another. I, mean, I got to play in the Griffey Griffey game and stuff like that. That's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Landon Powell, you know, one of the greatest moments in the game, and one of the, the statistics that you know are not abundant is perfect games. Hmm. And Landon Powell got to catch Dallas Braden's perfect game. Uh-huh. So you have these two unusual suspects that are not budding superstars that you're expecting to see this happen. 
Uh, so that was on Sunday, on Mother's Day, because the, the game that he threw was on, a, on, oh, on yeah. Mother's Day. So, you know, tweeted it out, and, you know, Landon was excited because his son, Holden, and his and, and uh, his daughter, they never saw him play, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's so special. now they get to sit down and they get to watch and, uh, yeah, you know, that's really special. And, and not only just see something, you know, you know, my kids get to watch my fights. <laughs> That's kind of bad, isn't it? Well, you got your one home run, right? You got no, your home run. Two, oh, dude. two home runs. Sorry. Two. Not enough crap. Yeah. Two. Both wind blown in Comiskey. They were like, they were like, the, people, the outfielder was probably going to come in on them. And yeah. Some gale force. If he goes over the fence, it's good. All right. And, I, and listen, I had a good pimp going, too. You should have seen that. I've been practicing for years. I just never got to use it. That's how you know you can hit one because uh, if you get the pimp run, you're good. No, you, yeah. Otherwise, you're like sprinting around I think second. I, I think the shock run <laughs> like wow it really went out <laughs> I did that you know but you know so the scary part of all this stuff starting up the way it did and we were talking earlier before we, we went on to the bird dog um, <laughs> is that this is a long this is an extended off season for a lot of period even though there was a little blip in there you know of guys getting ready a little bit of spring training um, a little bit of you know not even high school prep but a little bit um, and now we shut it down again. It's almost like a, a ballpen guy getting up, shut him down, get him up, shut yeah, him down. You know, and it's yeah. and it's you know it's not healthy to do that, and we see it a lot. But we're going into a we're going into a major league season. I don't think there'll be any minor league season. Mm-hmm. Um, collegiate season's done. High school season's done. But we are going into our summer baseball season. And the scariest part for me is that there's not much many educated coaches out there in terms of arm care and preparation mm-hmm. for a situation like this where they're going to go out and these guys are going to try to chase trophies and rings and stupid stuff right now that, that shouldn't even be in the equation right. but they're going to chase it they're yeah. going to chase after these things and they're going to they're going to extend arms that weren't even prepared to be in this situation mm-hmm. and let alone push them out so you know are you guys kind of gearing up i mean do you understand that you know you in, in your group meeting saying okay we could get an influx of well, it's a, it's a great question, and I think it depends on you know we were talking about before the show, but you know how structured that individual is without much structure around him, you know because he's kind of been on his own, you know. And so I was just talking to a pitcher before I came over here about he's going to play this summer. He's coming off a, an arm issue and he should be ready to go. But how many innings does he throw? Right, right. so he hadn't thrown. And the same point that you brought up is they need to have double the amount of arms. They need to get guys work, almost treated as instruct, but get guys two or three innings, and then they're good. They're done. You know, and mentally, and the guys that are playing summer ball, they need to treat it that way too. So the key is going to be, I think they understand that. The key is going to be after that first week when they're playing, do they get competitive, you know, which we know they are. And at that point, you know, do they pitch an extra inning? Do they not recover as well? Things like that because the the support that they get when they're in college, talking about the the summer guys, um, they've got trainers, they've got the physician once a week, they've got this structure, really structure around them. Now for this whole amount of time, maybe online classes, but they're kind of doing their thing, right? And which means they've, some of them have been throwing, but a lot of them have been you know, long tossing, but there hasn't been anything competitive. That's what's been missing, right? And so now, and all of a sudden, it's gonna be competitive quickly. You know, I just got you know a couple of calls a day about, hey, are you, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, and they're throwing a pin today, and they want to yeah. come in and get some tissue work tomorrow. So the big league guys are starting to kind of think through it a little bit too. But again, it, it, honestly, it's going to come down. It's like it's just like the whole economy thing. The businesses that were prepared, right, are going to are going to somehow make it through and probably be stronger. The guys that have a lot of structure around them can be can put structure in place. They're probably going to look pretty good. You know, and the guys that aren't, whoever that may be, the guys that aren't and just kind of get by, those are the ones that I, that I worry about. Right. So when you have that structure and it's coming from somebody that's educated and understands what they're doing and you're preparing it, that 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 works. Mm-hmm. But the majority, Hopefully. well, you know, it's gonna you're gonna have a better chance of success, yeah, right? Yeah. But there's not very many people out there with that education, right? And there's not very many people out there that can recognize certain situations in a game in terms of. Uh, you know, stressful innings. I mean, yeah. there's a difference between getting on the mound and throwing a pen and feeling pretty good and spotting up. Then, okay, now I have to compete. Yep. You know, now I got bases loaded and I got no outs. I got to make pitches. I got to go. All of a sudden, that puts more stress and 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 you know, on the arm, let alone on the mind. We know what what happens mentally. But yeah. So not being able to recognize that, you know, like we were talking earlier, we have a collegiate league going off and it's best in class, Greater Charlotte Collegiate League, and uh, it's only four teams. 
we'll we'll you know we'll keep the position players you know to to a minimum so everybody's getting a chance to play and get their reps but our arms will max out and we'll we'll just it'll basically be like you're saying an instructs or whatever it's only a couple innings or a pitch count or something like that i don't care where you're going you're out next guy go right, it's right. not about chasing <clears> a championship it's not you know not going down the road of you know i, I gotta win the uh you know this league or anything like that it's really just getting these guys prepared to get back into the into their baseball environment whether it's college or or pro ball they're probably going to have an instructional league for their prospects this year mm -hmm. if everything clears so you know there's a lot of different guys there but that's on our end that's the conversation that we have in here is like you know <clears throat> you're going to be i'm going to be sitting in a, on, on our side of the dugout and i'm going to be watching some <laughs> yahoo just running a kid out there because he wants to beat us oh yeah well you know yeah hopefully i mean it's a twofold thing right hopefully the, the kid can come in with a with, with especially collegiately and come in this is my goal for this you know, two month season, so to speak. I need to get some. I need to get some live bullets. And I need to throw a little bit, and then I'm going to college. And hopefully that, you know, know whether that happens when it's late in the season and you're playing for a championship. Who knows? And the guy said, "I'm good," and he's at you know 90 pitches, um, and he hadn't thrown a whole lot. I usually use the equation um, when I'm talking to guys playing college. I said, "Look, if uh, if you're playing this summer, and uh, you've already pitched, you know, and it's probably the sixth or seventh time you pitched in this championship game or whatever, and you're just a little sore, but you want to go out and compete. And I say you're a little sore. I said, if I call your college coach up and go, hey, coach, uh, <laughs> you're number one guy. He's a little sore today, but this summer league really is yeah. – I mean, he really wants to go. Do you, you think – are you okay with him going? I said, do you know what he would say? And the guy goes, no. I said, he would say nothing. He said, who's this knucklehead calling me on the phone <laughs> taking out number one prospect? And pitch him. Like, right no, now. of course, don't pitch him. You know? I said, so you got to have that in, your, you know, in the back of your mind going. The other thing that we talk a lot about is that when the coach comes up to you on the mound and they go, um, how's your arm? You really want to think about, how's my body? If right. my body feels tired, right, that means, A, I've used my body. My arm feels great. But yeah. if my body feels tired, because it's not, because remember the other thing too is this has been a relatively cool spring. You know, we're going to hit 90 in what, 10 days or something? We have, I mean, it's 60 degrees here today. Right? And so now we're going to get in July, it's hot, right? We're going to get dehydrated. So now my body's tired, my arms feel okay, my body's tired. Well, now next thing is going to be your arm. Mm -hmm. So if your body's tired, it's probably time to go ahead and start to shut it down. Not your arm. Don't let them ask you about your arm. How you feel? How's your body? And if it's right. tired, time to shut it down. It's amazing the um, the information that been acquired since 1993. <laughs> when I did oh, one of the yeah. <laughs> so what's the, what's some uh, differences between '93 and now? Well, I'll let I'll let you know. Again, I, like he said, we were talking earlier. I mean, I walk in and just say, look, I'm going to be hurting. Yeah. You know, I, I knew my I knew somewhere. You know, I was I was 35 years old. I was towards the end of my career. I was 34. Um, you know, towards the end of my career, and uh, you know, I knew my body. And I knew, you know, what I could get. I knew I was going to max it out because I was never the guy to come off the field because I never felt like I had the the luxury to do that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I was never a superstar. Well, you're a gamer. Yeah, you're a gamer. But you know, I wanted to go out and compete, and I wanted to play as long as I possibly could. And you know, every day could have been my last day. And we've had that conversation here because it's turned out to be the last day for a lot of people, um, you know, through the virus. But you know, I walk in and I, you know, I I tell them, listen, I. I'm going to be hurting, you know. That was my knowledge. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I overthrew, I didn't work, I didn't do my band work, I didn't do... So, you know, the strength and conditioning. But one one of the questions, and, I, and stay on that topic, but okay. I want to throw this in before I forget to. The body type has changed. Mm -hmm. And the athlete is wound tighter. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're, you know, they're doing all types of lifting and training, you know, where, you know, we did a lot of 12-ounce curls and, yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we won the championship in the PCL all sitting in the sauna that day trying to cure a hangover yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i think there's a lot of truth to that i mean i think certainly athletes today are bigger stronger faster um i think the biggest difference in my mind basically is just the knowledge on how to take care of your body from nutrition to um to sleep to recovery to tissue work to things like that i mean we're kidding before we came on is that back in 93 you know i'm a physical therapist by trade so i would come from work um back at the uh, miller clinic and i would get the guys and i would do tissue work and then next thing i know for a while i wouldn't even make it out some games i wouldn't make it out to the second inning because all the guys were coming for tissue work because mm -hmm. the trainer's like i'm not doing tissue work and so i was doing all this and so guys responded to that but now it's pretty commonplace you got a therapist a trainer a massage therapist a chiropractor you know people doing dry needling all that on the team 
Um, and that's just, you know, for 25 guys. I've got 12 people to support 25 guys. That's the yeah. biggest difference, right? Um, but you're right, is that because of the guys push their bodies a little bit more, um, they are a little tighter. And I, But I still think the guys that, <clears throat> to me, it comes down between volume uh, and then the 10 other things I can do to keep my body healthy. I have this conversation every day with, with, with guys. Um, in fact, <clears throat> um, I have this conversation with Julian Smith a lot. He's with the Dodgers organization, right? You know, he throws 94, all right? I said, dude, velo's not the issue. All right, check. All mm-hmm. right, you throw, you're lefty and you throw 94. The key is how long can you throw 94, all right? Because he's got to throw it three or four more years before he's going to make any significant amount of money, right? right? And so, so don't worry about your velo. Your velo's good. Check it off. The key is, how's my soft tissue mobility? Can I take care of myself? Meaning, I've got a little pinch up here. The trainer worked at me, but I still feel it. So what else can I do? Because ultimately, I'm responsible for myself. But again, he's a lot bigger than he would have been if he's the same kid in 93. Right. You know, he went from 175. Now he's at 205. His velo jumps because of that. Right. And so, but the other thing that's a lot different now is obviously the analytics and the videos and pitching mechanics and hitting mechanics and things like that. That's a lot, you know. I mean, imagine how good um, Charlie would have been if he had all these things and launch yeah. angles and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he don't would talk launch angles. Don't say that word. <laughs> ever again in here. He was don't a monster say. as he was, right? And yeah. so if he had anything to like yeah. put a little more science behind it, yeah. you know, but that being said, you hit on a good point is that one of the reasons you guys were so good in 93 obviously you're very talented but you did a good job of keeping things in perspective you know mm-hmm. the game today is a little bit more stressful i feel on people maybe it's the money maybe it's just you know they get too tied into it there was still a, a, a lot of fun that happened that year you know we all laughed at manny and you know tommy was just yeah. a freak you know and so we all laughed at you know various things but it was kind of light. It could be because you won 100 games, True. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but overall, you were there, and you know a few other guys. Is that you kind of kept things in perspective, and you were gamers, and you just played, and enjoyed the game. I'm not sure that's always there today. Well, you know, a couple of, there was a lot of there were a lot ex big league guys there, so there was real no pressure. We were just trying to find more time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We were just trying that's to get point. pension time. Uh, so <laughs> you know, we'd show up and we'd play, but. You know, talking, we had Dusty Wathen on last mm-hmm. week, and Dusty's saying there's a lot more work going on because probably the money and the investment in players, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's billions and billions of dollars, right? There's a lot, there's early work all the time. So there's a lot of extra stress mm-hmm. going on on top of a 162-game season. Yeah. Where, you know, if you wanted early work every now and then, it was a pitcher was going to get a couple extra innings because he missed a start. Mm-hmm. Or I wanted to go out early and I'd get somebody to hit me extra fungos or whatever. But there was not, you know, th- this, this, you're here at 11, you know, and we're going to go through this, you know, this whole structured thing. So there is a lot more physical emphasis put on these guys yeah. as well. But again, you know, the, the body's different. They're, they're, they're prepared. Yeah. Um, you know, part of what you do is strength, strength and conditioning and, and agility and all that other thing. You know, that all parallels into a healthier body. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess, you know, down the road it, it, it determines is it sometimes, is there too much to it? Because, you know, there were days when we, we it's a show and go, and you loved those days. Yeah, you know? yeah. You just Especially on play. travel days, you know, or, you know, you're down in Jacksonville in AA and you're all beat up and scabbed up, so you're in the salt water and, you know, Grady Little says just, you know, just... Let's turn it on. And then some days those will be your best days. Yeah, yeah. I know in Vegas when I drank a lot all through that whole week, <laughs> Yeah, I hit the best I've hit. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, but I think it, that's a good point. The pressure today to perform um, is certainly intensified, and there's always things you can work on, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to separate yourself because there's only so much you can do. You know, you can get paralyzed by, you know, these things and, and whether it be the analytics or whether, you know, I've got to work on this grip, ball's got to move, you know, if I'm trying to change, if you go to drive line, I'm trying to change this location to make the ball move a little bit more or get a different spin rate or whatever. All of these things, it just makes you think more, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas the happy medium is, dude, just, just go, go throw, man. Just go play. Just go play, you know. Yeah. I mean, we talk about players all the time, like um, – uh, the lefty for the Yankees. Um, uh, Chapman? No, the, a couple years ago, the, the big fat lefty. Uh, oh, David Wells. David Wells. The big fat lefty. There you go. There you go. For lack of a better terms, right? See? Forgive me, David. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but as soon as I said it, but 
part of it, how good would he have been if he did whatever, worked out, took care of his body, whatever? On the downside of that is probably not, in my opinion, probably not that good. Right. Because Wasn't he, he just, yeah, yeah, he was loose and yeah. just went out there and competed, yeah. and he was gifted to do it. Right? I watched uh, I watched David Cohn on, you know, a, a, a game that I knew the outcome anyway. He had 19 punch outs in that, in that thing. And, you know, part of the conversation was going on that they, when he got in, he threw hard, but he was a three quarter arm slot guy, kind of kicked his leg out a little bit, kind of swept through the zone instead of drove down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to change him, and it wasn't successful. Mm. And it happened to Jack McDowell, too, because Jack, you know, you know, Jack busted into the big leagues, um, had some success, and then they tried to change him. And he was kind of laying on the side of his foot kind of guy. And, you know, his mechanics weren't perfect, but arms I'd run through the split, yep. just, you know, did everything. Then they changed him, and he ended up back in AAA, and he ended up going home. And the doctor that he had at the time... He went back and said, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And they went and got video when he was in college. And I said, just go throw like this. So one of the things that Jack used to say um, to me was that when he does long toss, guys, when you long toss, it puts you into your natural motion of throwing. Yeah. Because you have to catapult something as far as you can. So if you're mechanical about it, then you, you know, it's, it's not the same. So what you're doing long toss with your body is athletic. It should be incorporated into your pitching yeah is that correct totally agree i just had that conversation before i came over here long toss is designed to give you rhythm because you can't throw the ball 210 feet if you have no rhythm all right mm-hmm. and so now you can take that rhythm and go off the mound you should throw pretty well right and so then you just got to find out how much rhythm that you can generate whether you're a 210 or 240 or 300 so it's not strengthening your arm so to speak it's about you usually utilizing your body to generate that torque i never i, I never heard, i never heard that before uh-huh. that, you know so but you know but that, you take a but, good but, athlete they're gonna they you know they modify i say that all the time yeah. if, you, if you can give the guy fundamentals yep right the better athletes in the game are going to modify off that and be able to throw off balance be able to do things come and go mm-hmm. those those, those are the greatness you know you have to build fundamentally sound players because there are only so many great players right mm-hmm. and they got to compete fundamentally um but you know, to that to that point there, you know, that's what I tell our infields all the time. You know, I'm going to teach you the fundamentals, but the minute you have the instinct to do something off that fundamental, and it's athletic, go for it. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you do a good job because I've been around you enough with when you're instructing kids, mm-hmm. is that you do a good job of empowering them to try different things. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the things we see is that people are so afraid of failing, um, and obviously this game is yeah. all about failure, right? That they're not good at it. They don't want to try certain things, and if they mess up, they get down on themselves. And you do a good job when you're instructing people. It's like, no, man, just that's part of the game. Just relax. Well, the beauty for me was I was ADD, so I didn't remember if I messed up or not. I just, <laughs> Wait, you I, were ADD? Oh, squirrel? Squirrel went by? You know. So, you know, on, on a serious note with this, because there are a lot of people, we put this out yesterday, we never, we never kind of preempt the show with anything. We just go into it. But I did tell me, you know, everybody that you were going to be on. Um, because I want I want you to give some people some some prep, mm-hmm. you know, like what do we need to do in this period of time that we don't see this this you know influx of arm injuries and you know and the guys that don't have the experience listen everybody's out there trying to do the right thing most people yeah. I say they're, yeah. they're doing it for the right reasons but I'm not going to go into a law office and tell the guy how to practice law or I'm not going to go mm-hmm. into a doctor and tell the guy how to be a doctor right but. You know, so these guys are out there doing it for the right reasons because they want to be around their kids or they want to be routines. There are the yahoos that want to win, you know, tin rings and trophies and <laughs> fighting necklaces and stuff like yeah. that. But, but reality, what what can what can these guys do right now? What can they look for? What's the prep? You know, how much stretch is involved? Is it band work? You know, give give us some insight. To yeah, that. I think for the you know for the high, for the middle school high school athlete or even the, you know some of the college guys, but they're usually skeletally skeletally mature by then. The biggest thing is start with the elbow, right? Your elbow has to straighten all the way out, right? So look at your, if you're righty, look at your left arm. If it straightens out, the right arm should straighten out equally. Not, you know, a lot of times we came in, we saw one of the guys the other day, he's just growing, right? So that's the other thing is they're growing during this whole, growing didn't stop. You know, the Mm -hmm. virus doesn't stop growing, right? And so one elbow straightens all the way out, this elbow is here, right? That's a sign, right? That means that he's either growing, he's got a little elbow issue that either is there or will be there or it means he's not deselling very well and follow through if you can emphasize number two if you can emphasize getting them to exaggerate their follow-through meaning if they're righty left right elbow by left knee get them to exaggerate that that's going to decel their arm more and it's going to lessen some of the stress uh, on their arm because when they don't decel 
then two things happen. The forearm gets tighter and the back of the shoulder gets tighter. When those two things get tighter because I don't desail very well, they end up becoming symptomatic at a certain point. Not everyone, but probably 25 to 30%. Now, if I add that into someone who's got some mechanical issues slightly or someone who's growing at the same time, right, then we've got someone that's overheating. So it's not always, and most of the time when I see, it's not necessarily the number of throws, it's the number of throws on a growing body on a little slight mechanical issue. Right? And so no one that plays with you guys or any of the other, we've got good baseball around here. Mechanically, they're usually pretty good, but they always got something a little bit, but then they're growing and they're not quite as strong or they're inflexible. Because remember, the bone grows first and the muscles got to adapt to that. So if they're starting to grow, so we tell right. parents, put them up against the door, measure their height. If they're, you know, if they're starting to shoot up a little bit, they got to really be, you know, stretching. And so the other thing is go on YouTube, go to, um, um, you know, wherever you want to go on the internet, but look up lacrosse ball for shoulders, look lacrosse ball massage. There's a lot of different techniques out there that you can do on the back of your shoulder, on your forearm, things to loosen you up much better, um, especially if you obviously don't have a chance to get to your masseuse before every game. So do those sort of things, and then afterwards, make sure you do it again, because how many times do you throw, kids go home, they, you know, then they're tight from throwing. And what the studies show is that if I measure internal rotation and I go throw, my internal rotation doesn't return to the same degree for, for three days, right, unless I'm stretching, all right? So I'm not waiting three days to throw again. I'm throwing right. every day. So it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And then it shifts the humeral head or the, the ball in the socket. Now I'm putting more stress on my labrum, right? And so it just kind of snowballs from there and so just a graduated throwing program and what we tell kids and I'll use this analogy is that if you look at any professional baseball team you know you got 162 games most years not this year all right but 54 they're gonna have 54 losses no matter how good they are they're gonna have 54 wins no matter how bad they are so it's that third is where you're gonna make it or break it so there's gonna be days their arm doesn't feel great they need to just you know just play catch if that's the day you got to do a bullpen, you got to talk to your coach and say, I just need to play catch a little bit. Mm -hmm. right, there's going to be days you feel great, but there's going to be, m most of the time, there's going to be days where it feels okay. So I've got to learn different routines. Some days I got to stretch longer. Some days I got to run till I'm sweaty a little bit more. Some days I got to play catch a little bit, um, a little bit longer to get loose, but I got to understand my body. And then finally, what we tell the younger kids is like, you, there are certain days where you need two guys to warm up with. And so, what do you mean? Because kids throw hard really quick, and then you match it, right? yeah. and then they're not yeah. warm. Right. Right? And so you need to be the first one there, throw with your buddy. If you're warm, great. If you're not warm, <clears throat> there's always the last else. kid that comes, yeah. so go throw with him. But you got to be proactive, right? you got to say, hey, I'll throw with you, right. and then go from there. You brought up another point in, in running, run to your sweat. <clears throat> that used to be the staple. Yeah. I mean, pitchers ran all the time, mm -hmm. poles, get up in the morning, run there for endurance. I don't see that as much as... Yeah, as we did as in the prevalent. past. Why, so why is that? Is, I think that, is, the thought, is, that a, is that a science or is it? The thought process is that I've got a, I've got a very you know, short-lived movement. So it's a power movement. So in power sports, you tend not to do endurance. You work different muscle groups. Mm -hmm. You work different energy systems. And so there's a lot of power being generated. So what they do is they do short interval sprints. That's kind of where this high-intensity interval um, program or Tabata programs came from is that you do short intervals so so rather than running poles all right we tell them you need to go do you know 60 70 yard stride mm -hmm. all right walk back do it again walk back do it again so you're working for short periods of time but you do it enough where you're getting a cardio workout yeah you're just not it's just not long yeah it's, cardio. It, it's it's so much has become cookie cutter mm -hmm. like here's the program go online by the program everybody works with this program yeah you see it everywhere right i mean so but it's not that way for the athlete no, certain things work certain ways for everybody. It worked mm -hmm. different for me than it worked for, you yeah. know, for Tony when he was there. Or when we played together. You know, I mean, it, so, you know, that that's the tough part. So for coaching, right? So let's go to the yeah. mental part of this and see if we can parallel it. Coaching for me is I know I got I got eighteen guys on my roster max, right? They're all different, mm -hmm. so I have to treat them all different. I have to prepare them all differently, right? So I get max out what we need to get out of these kids and they can showcase themselves to their best ability and hopefully it takes them to the next level. I can't I can't talk to every single kid the same way. I certainly can't talk to my sons when I'm coaching <laughs> the same way because they're the toughest ones to talk yeah. to. But you know, but you um but you have to be a psych uh, a psychologist in this sure. in the scenario as a coach. 
it shouldn't be the same way in the training of yeah. an athlete, but it's not because everybody gets everybody goes and gets an education, gets a certification, gets their videos, and then this is how we're going to do it. And it doesn't always equate to being the best for each one. Yeah, I wish it was that easy here. I tell people all the time, it's like you come in with a shoulder issue, and I go, okay, that's page one thirty-seven. I tear it out, give right? It to you. <laughs> right. And so you got to find out what you know what makes them tick, and, and and everyone's you know everyone's different. I think there, I think just like in fundamentals, I think there's you know sixty seventy percent that holds true, mm-hmm. but I think that thirty percent is the Phil Jackson esque making it kind of work and making it home you know so that if someone doesn't do something um you know sometimes you need to pat them on the back sometimes you need to kick them in the butt the, the, a better coach knows which one to do right it, right right and so same thing for us in rehab is um you know if they're not getting better uh, is that because they're not putting in the work or is that because they're do, putting in too much work um you know what is it and trying to dial that in right but you're right the program based on their body based on their hydration level nutrition level sleep et cetera, et cetera, it all has to vary and it varies day to day you know especially during the summer right yeah. because you know they've got less structure this summer you know they can stay up to right. 2 a.m playing sure. games all right and then they can wake up late and they can show up you know and they got to play you know in college at least there's some more structure in high school there's more structure during mm-hmm. the day right so the more structure they get good or bad you know whether they're studying or they're you know the more routine they've got, <clears throat> typically the better they're at. You know, Frank Reich, my business partner, um, talks about Terp. Uh, he is a Terp. That's yes, he is. He was there when I was there. Um, he talks about no one likes structure, right? Because you're kind of telling people what to do, yeah. but everyone is, benefits from structure. You know, yeah. and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, it's just a matter of, of how you perceive the structure. Okay, let's get back to the fact. Tell me what I need their kids to do when they get there. The day they're pitching, the day they're not pitching, the day they're pitching, are they? Band work, long toss, stretch, stretch is something that I don't see happening very much as well. Yeah, the, I would say. So the, if there was like quick bullet points, yeah, boom, 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 quick, boom. The quick thing today is they need to break a sweat. They yeah. need to go, um, usually we'll have them do some tissue work with lacrosse ball or foam roll. Mm-hmm. Right? Then they'll do one round of about three exercises for their cuff, whatever they want to do for upper back, mm-hmm. all right, scapular muscles. Just one round, not to fatigue it, just to facilitate it, all right? And then they go uh, they go warm up and they're good to go. Okay. All right? So their warm up is a long toss? Their warm up is we get on the bump? Toss. We have them long toss, they feel loose, all right? Okay. Maybe to 120, all right? Okay. I'm not, because some of the research studies, I'm not a huge fan of crazy, crazy long toss, right? right? Um, because their their launch angle, uh, it changes as far as mm-hmm. out of their hand, and then they got to throw 60 feet, they got to get down here. And so, but just do they feel loose, Understanding some days going to take longer than others, and then they throw off the mound, ready to go. Got it. All right. And the next day they play catch to get loose. So you, so it's almost the uh, the old Japanese type of philosophy, like throw a little bit every day, mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah. Just get the blood flow going. Yeah. Don't 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 pitch and then sit for three days and let things kind of. Yeah. You know. I think the difference is is they would throw to get loose, right? Um, and, and a little bit with Tom House thinks that way too a little bit as opposed to get loose and then throw. So all we're trying to yeah. do is just loosen up the muscle with a little tissue work and then make sure it fires by doing right. some cuff stuff and then, you know, and then take your time um, as opposed go. to, you know, I think kids today throw too hard too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an art to learning your body. So and, one would be rub it out, get some tissue work going, yep. kind of right? yep. get some blood flow in there. The next part is you're going to go ahead and you're going to start your little long toss program. Yeah, do a little band work. A little band work, right? just and so you're getting talk. some heat and going in yep. there. And then you'll long toss till you feel loose, and then get on the bump. Yep. And then, okay, so a guy gets in the game right now, and uh, like I said, we're coming off nothing. Everything has to be looked at as an instructional league, whatever. You have minimum. What are you saying? Based on age, max pitches, based on, you know, because we're going to go into tournaments. I'm going to go into tournaments with a 12-year-old team. Yeah. And I got X amount of pitches. So am I better off saying, okay, for the four games that we're playing this weekend, you're going to throw... Two innings in this game, maybe an inning in the next game, maybe an inning in an inning. You know, not maxing them out to, you know, just throw a little bit, next guy. And just keep rotating the arms through the weekend. So they're throwing every day. That would be that would be uh, what I would consider strongly because mm-hmm. um, they need to throw and they need to get in the habit of the structure of every day they're doing right. the same thing as opposed to I throw and then I'm, I'm off for two or three right. days, right? Yeah. Because it needs to be instructed. I think as long as you can say – 
the purpose of this summer is to prep them going into fall or just get them better not you know again, i just do, i don't want anybody hurt man yeah that's, right that's, it's more process uh, oriented right and so yeah. the process is can i can i create structure for them can i get them a few innings all right good battering different all right and then can they and how they feel the next day you know and if they feel tight if they feel like a little sore or whatever okay i may they may play the field or they just may play the next day pitch the next day you know again it's different today right you have po's like mm-hmm, I didn't know right. what PO was. I thought yeah. PO was like, what, you ticked <laughs> off at me? What's that? Another PO. I'm like, what does that mean? Right? But they have that. And then so, uh, and then understand the kid. You know, how's his right. body? If he is a string bean, and he throws hard, I'm going to watch him a little more carefully. Yeah. All right. If he's not a string bean and he's a little bit more skeletal mature and bigger kid, all right, then all right, there's a little bit more to it. Unless all right, mechanically, he right. looks like he's more armed than than the body. So yeah. the that's why it's the, tough. the key is that, is for these <laughs> guys that don't, don't have the experience or haven't been in the game and trying to do the right thing is watch the pitcher. Yeah, I mean focus on the pitcher right now because he's the one that's primarily going to get hurt. Absolutely. First, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's 100%. just just, just going to happen. So ninety five percent, Tommy John's on him. him. Pitchers so. not you know anywhere else. See, that's it used to be rotator cuff. Like yeah. for years, we heard rotator cuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a torn labrum. He's got this. Everybody's reconstructive shoulder. And if you're going to reconstruct the shoulder, the guy was done. Yep, that was in our mindset. Now yep. it's now it's Tommy John, and that seems to be the prevalent injury. Why was why is that? Why does it go from the shoulder to the yeah? To well, the elbow it, now? that's a good question. There's two two issues. One is, um, and Dr. Connor here locally kind of led the charge on this. Is you know 15, 15 to eighteen years ago. I'm blanking on the. That's how you tell you getting old. I'm blanking on how long ago. Dude, I blanked but, before you walked in here. <laughs> That's why he called me Bob. Bob uh, <laughs> spelled backwards. It's still Bob. That's why I call you that. I won't forget that. But uh, Connor got, um, we had 15 uh, collegiate pitchers, and we had five professional tennis players. All right? And we did MRIs on both shoulders. All right? Didn't miss any time. No shoulder complaints, right. whatever. Right? So right shoulder, all right? And then left shoulder, we did MRI. Left shoulder, the non-throwing shoulder is totally clean, like a baby's behind. The dominant shoulder on these people had cuff tears, had label, had some label tears, yeah. had a bunch of stuff all right, right. from throwing. No pain. We followed up with them. We found 17 out of the 20. Five years later, all right, they still had no pain. All right, and some of them were playing in the minors. Some of them were playing church league softball three nights yeah. a week, which I would say is a lot worse for your shoulder than playing in the minor <laughs> leagues. All right, and so yeah. but no issue. So what it's done is is that we still see the cuff and the labrum and some of the stuff. But we don't need surgery on it right away like we used to, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because we know that's normal now, yeah. right? That's a normal throwing shoulder. It looks totally different, okay? Right. Whereas with the with the Tommy John ligament, because kids are playing one sport year round and they're growing, um, <clears throat> there is a volume uh, that happens uh, over time. Is that that you can't play with? I yeah. mean, if you tear the ligament, like you just can't throw, mm-hmm. and so then they got to have something right. done, you know. We have a lot of questions on Facebook. I'm just going to go through a few. Uh, Mark McKnight, who's a scout for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, he asks, what age to start lifting weights for young players? That's a great question. You know, if you think about when they're – if you're at a shortstop and you've got to jump up to catch a ball and you land, you're putting, you're putting two to three times body weight through your knees and ankles and hips. And so most people in the know will not discourage anyone from lifting weights at a young age. Mm-hmm. The whole key is technique, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can't, for a young athlete, if they can handle a weight, say 15 to 20 reps, and have good form, it doesn't matter what the weight is, it's safe. So it's as long as they're doing know, it the right way. You gotta do it the right way, right? <clears throat> because they're putting two or three times body weight by running, jumping, um, you know, sprinting. Think of, I mean, think about the force that you know they're putting on their shoulder, which is one times body weight, ball release. And so I think that kids could start lifting a little sooner if done correctly, you know. So you have to kind of balance that out. So you have to get with somebody like yourself, an organization that understands what that form looks like and can teach these kids to do it the right way because, like everything else, dad's going to go buy a net, dad's going to go buy a tee, dad's going to go buy the latest king, he's going to go buy weights and Mm -hmm. say, have at it, kid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the kid gets, you know, like competing with everyone. I'm just like, I'm going to heavier, heavier. I want to get bigger and stronger. I think that's So, you know, the big part of what you do is that that piece. So, you know, for those people out there that are asking these questions, like, you know, do your research, man. You don't go buy a car just to buy a car. You do your research. So if you're going to go develop your kid, then get with the right people that are going to do it. You know, take the time to go through that stuff. That's why we say 15 to 20 reps, because if you can do something 15 to 20 times, it's not that heavy. Right. Your kids can get hurt when they're trying to max out and they're doing one or two reps, Mm -hmm. right? Right. 15 to 20 times, I got a little buffer in there. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's 
Curls yeah. for the girls, oh, babe. Absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. What else, Andrew? Uh, how many times a week should long toss be done for a catcher? My son is a catcher and trying to improve arm strength. That is a very good question. Um, you know, it depends on how you define long toss because that changes, you know, today. But, you know, you know, I think uh, two to three days a week of, of airing a few out, and then, how, and then how long do you get? So if he's getting 240 or something like that, he's getting, you know, say five to ten throws, he's coming in, then honestly, you know, it really depends on he's going to be worried about his pop time. Mm-hmm. So what's his pop time? How's his mechanics? How's he getting out of the hole to throw? Make sure he's working on that as well is what I would suggest. And then you can, again, long toss helps develop rhythm. And then use that, you know, two or three times. I wouldn't do more than that because I would focus on more of the craft and, 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 you know, throwing down, say, 10 times to, you know, I don't think he has to throw down a lot either, but, you know, 10 to 15 times working on that and see what his velo is and measure that. Okay. Do one more. Um, Flat ground between pens, question mark. Should there be a flat ground between bullpens? Uh, I like that, and here's the reason why. Right? You have 15% more stress on your shoulder and elbow off the mound. So it really depends on where you are. If you're a, a younger athlete, you need to spend time on the mound because you're still learning your craft. When you get to be older, right, the volume can actually, and there's a lot of research on this, that you can perform at a high level, you know, and we're seeing this with Tom Brady, for crying out loud. Um, but a lot of pitchers can pitch a lot longer now but they can't do the same volume. They can't go out and long toss every day. They can't go do the stuff when they did their 20s. They can decrease their volume, have their intensity high two days a week, and then they can perform at a high level. You know, so, uh, so again, if they're going to throw off the mound, then you know, they should probably get off the mound um, as they can. The other thing to remember, though, is that we lose this fact because we're so fixated on velo, is that we lose the fact that you can work on hitting spots no matter what you're doing. So yeah. when you're warming up every day, all right, you should never just throw. You should always be throwing at a target, even if it's left shoulder, right shoulder, left hip, right hip, or whatever. And so then you know, the, the question becomes, all right, well, he's a good little pitcher. He can hit his spots, all right? Well, now there's a lot of things we can do to increase his velo, all right? All right? And, and when I say increase his velo, meaning from the hips down, all right, not by throwing, you know, different weighted balls and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm not necessarily against weighted it, balls, but it's one of those things where it's all about rhythm. As soon as I put something in my hand and it changes my rhythm, I'm in jeopardy. You right. Know? Or if I try to speed it up, I'm in jeopardy. And it's that's funny to say, see. you bring that up because I put a, a tweet out yesterday just messing around. I had a, you know, my son in a picture when they were probably 10 and my son's standing there. It looks like he's going to slap him in the face. And I said, dude, tired of your dad screaming behind the van. What's your <laughs> vela? What's your, what's your release point? What's all, you know, all these, these techniques, just throw freaking strikes, you know, yeah, before yeah. I slap you silly. Yeah. And, uh, but that, but see, that's, that's not, that's the part where we go back to anybody can get certified to teach somebody how to throw velocity. Not very many people can teach a kid how to start to command his oh, locations. That's the art, right? That's the yeah. art. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, this guy, this lefty, you know, Julian throws 94. Great. Check yeah. the box. Okay. Now he's got a pitch. Yeah. All right. And yeah. So, now he's got a pitch. Right, and remember, yeah. remember, so when we were, you know, we were with the Knights, all right, there was a guy, Mark Wollers, yep. would come in. And I remember sitting there. I can't remember you or, or Kunk or somebody. Yep. They're like, he's like, watch this guy. First two guys, sacrificial lambs, because he's yep. throwing 100, right? Yep. About a third guy, whack. Yeah. All right. And he just caught up yep. to it because everything yep. was straight. Right, and so he couldn't move. He couldn't couldn't locate as well, and so it was fascinating to watch. I, mean, I learned a lot that summer. All right, some things I can say, some things I can't say, but I learned a lot that summer just from the the art of the game, and then how that applied to the medical piece, and because all ties together if you can put it together. You sure. know, if kids can have if kids can work on their mechanics so they have reproducible mechanics and they can throw out of a tunnel. Right, they talk about well, that's not that's that helps with pitching, right? Yeah. Right, but I got to have a good consistent motor program to do that right that's not pitching that's just motorically paying attention to those things right. then someone you know like you've got here can work on how do you pitch mm-hmm. all right that's an art right, right? and so right. you know how athletic is yeah. Maddox it's it's, I don't it's know. like so much is so much has become so much has become physical right because yeah. all the statistics are physical yeah and not the mental so to bring it just to take that point that you made and we'll be talking about Wallers is that you know trying to explain to these kids that um, 
you know, there's a mental approach to this and watch what's going to happen. So we're, we're paying attention to the pitcher before our at-bats even came. Yeah. It's the difference between a professional and, a, and an amateur. Yeah. You know, a pro is going to grab as much information as he possibly can and an amateur is just going to stand there and talk to his buddy while he's on deck and do whatever. Not understand if he's out of the zone, can he throw a break ball, can he throw a changeup, what's his location when he's warming up before you get to the plate. Yeah. And gathering all this information, that becomes a mental part. That part's, that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother yeah. show, but... But see, um, those are things that kids can work on that will make them a better player. All they know is volume. Volume, volume, volume. You're right. But attention attention is different now than it was. I agree. Because they, you have these immediate things. And the other part about you know all these games and stuff like that is you can reboot. We can never reboot. So you better get what you can get and maintain it. Because if I'm playing a video game and I'm not happy because I'm getting beat, New game. I do it all the time with solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. New game. <laughs> New game. <laughs> and I move on, right? But so there's a lot of what the athlete had back then mm-hmm. that was better, and there's a lot yeah. that the athlete has today that's better. Yeah. And and it's just trying to find that hybrid. I mean, we talk about the the saber nerds and the geeks and all this stuff in the game, and there's 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 value to some of that, but it's not. It's not the end all be all. But people yeah. have, people have banked in that. The big oh, league yeah. clubs have banked in sabermetrics people like building whole staffs, thirteen, fourteen, twenty people, and providing these coaches that have these instincts that have done it and come from experience and saying, This is how the game is played right now. Right, right. Yeah, and they're the push button guys that can reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'll give you I'll give you an analogy. So, you know, Frank Wright, he told me the story one time. Terp. All right, got it. Right, is that they had an analytics guy come, right, who was hired by the owner, yeah. right, and came in and said, last night when you called this play, why did you call this play? Because this play is only successful 13% of the time. You should never call this play. So Frank is brilliant. So Frank said, either I could blow this guy out of the water right now because yeah. I played in the league 16 years, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. okay, I've been OC, I won a Super Bowl, da-da-da, yeah. or I could explain to him what I'm thinking all right, and why I did it because I knew that play may, could work, maybe not work. Right. But then I'm thinking three plays down, right. all right, and I got to bring the analytics guy along yeah. because it, it's the the perfect is yeah. a little Instant bit of both, oatmeal, right? Man. And so, <laughs> so Instant you know, oatmeal. And so it, there's yeah. a lot to that. Uh, but I think you bring up a good point though because we talk to players all the time about, you know, there was a there was a uh, an article written a while back that said if you could take a major league baseball team and every player could be the 50th percentile, all right? Every position would mm-hmm. be 50th percentile, all right? You would win 90-plus games, all right? I mean, the first baseman was 16th best, second baseman was 16th best, okay? Yeah. Teams are different, right? I got a right outfielder that's number one, and I got yeah. third base is like the 32nd, mm-hmm. right? And so they look at all those intangibles. So what are the intangibles that you can do to be better, right? And we draw them up on the board, all right? Yeah. Can you sleep? That, can you do that better? Can you study the game better, all right? Can you pick up pitches or, or, or get a better lead so you can go from first to third. You know, and Shell talks about it all the time, right. right? The game within the game. Can you do those things better? Will that make you better? Because they're just worried about doing their band exercises or trying to increase their velo mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Right? None of them work on those things. But once they kind of dial in, even if they're only 10% better, but there's 10, at least 10 things easily they right. can be better at. Mm-hmm. Right. And now they're better, right? And so I think that's what separates us sometimes as a company is that they're not coming to see me for their elbow or their shoulder. I mean, they kind of are, but yeah. I'm not talking to them about that. Right. That's like, oh, we're going to get that better. Right. You know, but take this opportunity to dial in because now, they, now they'll listen to me because they can't play. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so it makes a right. big difference when you're talking to them about you should throw harder, you should hit more, you should be able to hit better with more power because you're doing these hip exercises. Right, or because you're doing these stretches, because you're going to recover better. Mm-hmm. Now you pitched on Friday, all right, and you only pitched an inning, but the coach may want you to pitch Sunday, which is a big game. All right, now you're fresh, all right, because you recovered better, because you knew what to do, because your elbow's not stiff. All right, why wouldn't you do that? You know, I just mm-hmm. ask them, yeah. does that sound reasonable? Why wouldn't yeah. you do that? And they go, oh, I've never thought about that, right? Because they just don't take that next step. Probably because you're right. You hit the refresh button. Okay? They hit the refresh yeah. and they go. If, yeah. if they don't get, if they don't get. If they don't get success immediately, yeah. you're not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if you don't send if you don't send some kid out of here and, and you don't get a call that weekend that his dad got you know from his dad here we got three hits, four hits, whatever. If they don't go though. No, he barreled up five balls and they they were all outs. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's it's it, it's it's really it's it's uh it's, it's an interesting thing. Let's have some fun now. Yeah. Not that that wasn't fun. That was. one more question. This, this one's a good one. Okay. Uh, my son is five, is eleven five eleven one thirty five left handed. <laughs> 
top 66 and is an outfielder. Should he go to the outfield after pitching? Mm. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, play. He's 11, right? <clears throat> I think the things you look for, like we talked about, does the elbow straighten out, right? Um, does he follow through with his throws, right? But play, man. I mean, don't be – I think when we worry about injuries, we have injuries, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't want to neglect the body. The game's supposed to be fun. If he wants to play, play. Um, but his arm really shouldn't be sore the next day. So that doesn't mean anything's wrong, per se. It means that i got to respect that. And why is it sore? And he may play the outfield a little bit more. You know, he may not get off the mound for a little bit. Or he may pitch for an inning and not, you know, three or four innings. But can he go play? Sure. You know, tell him to hit, run. I mean, do everything. You know, that's what I was just kidding about. What's a P.O.? <laughs> so, you know, we get the question. A kid, a kid catches and – just he's catching, throwing the ball back, and then you send him out to the mound. Yeah, now that that's a, that's a good question. That's a different story. Right. Studies show that seven times more likely if you pitch and catch, you're going to have a, a shoulder elbow issue. Okay, all right, because it's too much too much volume on that because he's throwing just as much, not as hard, but just as much. And then he goes, you know, and pitches that. By the time they get to high school, we tell my recommendation is just kind of decide one way or the other. By the time right. he gets to high school, yeah. figure it out. Yeah, you're not going to blow him out right. at 13 or 14 years old, but unless you're running him to crazy numbers. But if you're taking a kid behind the dish and you're going to put him out there for an inning or two, then just yeah. But I think yeah. it, you know, if I if we have a kid, coaches know this. If you have a kid that throws really hard, all right, awesome, all right. right. But that's the one you got to watch for, right? Because there's a you know, and it More doesn't strikes. happen a lot, but. Some kids, motorically, are so good at a young age, they generate more velo than their body can accept. Usually that doesn't happen until their body matures. But some kids <clears throat> are so gifted, you know, they throw so hard, their body just can't tolerate right. that much stress. All right? Yeah. Your son was one yeah. of them, yep. okay? Yep. Young age. He's got good mechanics. He generates mm -hmm. a lot of torque. Mm -hmm. He's just not – I told him, dude, you got no heat shields. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're trying to reenter the atmosphere. You're burning up because yeah. you got no heat shields. Once he puts on some weight and he matures, he's fine. But we see, you know, one out of 50 like that. Right? Mm -hmm. Usually it's like they don't throw that hard. when They're going to throw harder once they get a little bit stronger. But, you know, we have a kid at Providence like that. He throws incredibly hard, right? Yeah. And his body just can't do that. Now he's starting to mature, and I think he's going to be mm -hmm. just fine. But, um, but so the kid that throws hard, that's the one you got to worry about because, A, I want him, you know, he's right. my pitcher. He's my shortstop. He's whatever. So he ends up throwing a little bit more, and he wants to. That's the right. hard part. He wants to. But you got to limit that a little bit more, you know. Okay, any more questions before we jump on to <laughs> no, the Yeah, go ahead and do your – All right, <laughs> so I met Alan in 1993. Yep. Um, in between big league stints, I uh, signed with Cleveland, and um, Alan was one of, the, one of the trainers there, and we had we had an amazing, an amazing team. I would, I, would, I would bet to say if you could match this up against AAA teams over the years, this could have been one of the greatest AAA teams with a great manager in Charlie Manuel. Unbelievable. So just a, just a whole, the right guy for that group of guys, right? Charlie's that low-key country, you know, having fun, let's play the game today. Yep, they ate the most sunflower seeds of anybody oh, in man. the history of mankind. But we had, we had, we had, a roster, we had a roster full of guys that had been to the big leagues and guys that were very close to being very good in the big leagues, mm -hmm. not just, you know, you're going to go up and you're going to get some time. If you look at this list, these guys had some, some serious time. So let's kind of let's just bang down this list as quick as we can, and you just kind of give me your, you know, <laughs> and I'll give you mine. So uh, top, of, top of the line, Mark Lewis. Yeah, shortstop, phenomenal athlete, I think, trying to find himself. You know, I think a lot of people thought, eh, I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But you know, He was I the ultimate it. white guy with more bling than anybody else. <laughs> he did have a, now you say that. Right? Some of this is a pretty good <laughs> memory. Yes. Now that you say that, yes. Huge right. necklace. <laughs> okay. Um, Kenny Ramos, sad story, you know, um, just but a good athlete, good player. Remember Kenny, lefty, lefty outfield. Yep. Yep. Very quiet, very different. Um, life didn't go the way that. You know, yeah, uh, you had hope. In 93, I mean, great guy to be around. Tremendous I mean, kid. Yeah, tremendous, really nice, yep. Always nice to me. Yep. Number three. Yeah, Shafe. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that finally. I will say So let me tell you a quick story. So you guys were playing Columbus, all right? And Columbus had some, uh, you know, some blue chippers on there, you know, some bonus babies, as they would yeah. say. And so then there's a, uh, there's two things I remember about that. So there's a fight, right? So somebody gets hit, whatever. And so you're out there, all right, and I mean, it's a melee, right? And you come back in the dugout, and shirts, all, you know, off, and hats off, and all this kind of stuff. He said, I grabbed this guy, and I had him. And all of a sudden, he just went hulk on me, and his friggin' <laughs> <laughs> And I remember sitting by the trainer, Lee Coots, 
right? And by that point, I kind of got to know all you guys, so I was, you know, felt like I was one of the guys. And so, I, as soon as the fight happens, all right, I go to stand up, and I feel this like arm just bow hits me in the chest. He goes, "We never run out there right away." He said, "We stand up." He said, "Then we see yeah. the pitchers come in from the outfield. Then we go to the first step." All right, once they get in, we go to the top step, all right, and then we just wait. All right, and when it breaks up, as, as it will, in about a you know, couple minutes, then we see if anybody's down, then we go out there. We never go out because you're going to get hit in the back of the head. <laughs> Best advice I ever got. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, Jeff Kunkel. Yeah. You know, I thought was an umpire in the big leagues. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not today. I remember yeah. that. So I remember. Uh, with Jeff, I liked him, but I remember a couple of times he got in a bad slump and he had a bad temper. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> a bad temper. Didn't, he had a good opportunity coming up with the Rangers and, and it didn't really pan out that much. Yeah. This next name is, is we saw it then. You saw you saw something, and Charlie Manuel saw it before anybody else. Yeah, and Jim Tomey. Yeah, country strong. That's yeah. what I remember. Just a great guy and a lunch pail guy. Came in, yeah. did his work. And uh, I, I, we were sitting on the bus. I forget where we were going one day, and I, and I, I told Tommy, I said, he was talking about Lewis. And, you know, Mark was a first-round pick and got yeah. all this money and everything, and, you know. And Jim starts talking about money. And I said, dude, just forget about the money. Play for the Hall of Fame. The money will come. I mean, he never gave me any credit for that ever. <laughs> but, you know, you I go. was expecting that in his Hall of Fame speech that he'd bring that up, but he didn't. No, no. How about this guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Sam Horn. Sam Horn. What was it? I can't remember if you told me that or someone told me that. He's got... Um, Cadillac upper body and bicycle, <laughs> bicycle tires for legs, bicycle hands too. Yeah, I don't know if you had any hands. You get hit though. That's threw a ball it. across the diamond, like straight right at him, hit him in the chest. Reach forward, just boom! Oh my God, dude! Please get somebody else out there. You get there. hit though. Yeah, Bo Allred, outfielder. Uh, yep, lefty. Yep. Remember Bo, yep. hard worker. Good, yep, good man, Kelly Stinnett. Yep, catcher. Yep. Yep. Right. Kelly had a good career. He did have a yeah, good career. Yeah, he had a very good career. Yeah. He had a World Series ring and. Yeah. Uh, Long time. Um, Alan Cockrell lives here in, yep. in Charlotte. He's here. I just talked to him yep. the other day. Yeah. All right. Hard worker. He had some knee issues when he, there, and um, he had knee surgery that year. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, and you follow these guys out forever. You know, he goes on yeah. and has you know some major knee issues, knee replacements, et cetera. But it starts then, and he had a knee surgery. And I'm thinking, before I knew him, I'm like, what position do you play? He went catcher. I'm like, oh man, yeah. anything that's not good. Yeah. You know, but he battled and he got back and you know he was a gamer. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he was uh, the starting quarterback at the University of Tennessee as a freshman. So, but if you look at his knees, he's got the old tracks, the old yeah. the old surgeries, like yeah. you know, some nasty looking things right there. And I actually uh, he had both of them replaced and uh, a few years back. But um, country Mark Davidson. You know, World Series ring, yep. another big leaguer. Good guy. I knew him a little, and then one day he walks into the clinic, and um, he introduced me to his son, Logan. Yeah. And so Logan was, yeah. was a stud. Yeah. Or is a stud. It's, Don't uh, you wish you could tell still. some of these kids the stories about oh. their dad? Like, you uh, yeah. know, let me tell you about it. But, you know, he had one of the greatest streaks I've ever seen offensively in AAA. I think he got like almost, he was like 14 for 16. Oh, Some really? bizarre run. He was like a two. He was like two ten, and in a like two week period or a week period, he was he was over three hundred. It was amazing. Wow. It was right there. Everything he barreled up went. Louis Lopez. Um, talked to Louis. He did a lot of things over in Japan as far as scouting and things like that. Okay. He went over there and played. Um, George Canales up in Virginia. I talked to George every now and then. This is George, the first baseman. Yep. Okay. This is yeah, George, the first baseman. George. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, so yeah, every now and then we connect. Now here's, this is this was always fun for us. Remember doing interviews and we make pretend we were interpreting <laughs> for him. Manny Ramirez to this day, man, he's like sixty. He's still no, forty seven. He's trying to play over in Asia or something right now. He can so still. Article, I'm sure he can still. I'm hit. sure he can still hit, and he's still yeah. got the dreads going. Yeah, and it's um, funny because he, uh, you know, couldn't play a lick of defense, and so no. he I remember one time in right field he dove and he missed the ball and he laid there, and I looked over at Lee, the trainer, and we like. We got to go out and get him. I'm like, Lee's like, just give him time because he's pride's hurt. Nothing's wrong with him. And so <laughs> he just right laid there. And so finally yeah. we had to go out and get him. When we got yeah. there, he said, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. And he walked yeah. like, <laughs> So Jesse Levis, another one. Good career in yeah, the big leagues. great career. You know, kind of a, a backup uh, catcher, but long term. Carlos Martinez, I played with him in the White Sox organization. Oh. He was in and out. He wasn't there very long. One curb, Wayne Kirby. Yeah, Wayne Kirby was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. He tried to buy my shoes the first day. He's, <laughs> no, not buy. He wanted to swap shoes with me. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I don't even remember what shoes I had on, but, yeah. uh, but he's like, yeah, I'll give you mine. And uh, so we ended up doing something. I forget what it was now, but as soon as I saw his name today, I'm like, I got a pair of shoes. He was, he was a phenomenal high school football player, and his brother played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, went to University of Virginia, his brother, but one curb. I played with yeah, him in the Dodgers. Yep. He is huge now. 
Really? Oh, he's coaching in the big leagues. He was with the Orioles for a bunch oh, of years. Oh, you know what? I did see that. He uh, is a big man. He's a big man because I remember. Yeah. Is that the same Wayne Kirby? Yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. They may other Wayne Kirby's, but that's he's definitely. Sandy Alomar was down for a little bit on rehab. Yep. Carlos Moda popped in and out as a catcher. Donnell Nixon. Donnell was a great he was there, prospect yeah. and then got hurt uh, mm-hmm. along the way. Otis is his brother. Mm-hmm. with the. Uh, but good guy. I see Donnell on Facebook every now and then. He's still doing things in, in baseball. Orlando Mercado, catcher. Marzano. Now, I think he passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think John passed away. But he had some hmm. time with the Red Sox for a while. Um, these guys. We did have a cast of characters on the mound. Man, there's a lot of pitchers. These right? are good guys. Yep. So, Chad OJ got a National League MVP in a playoff one year. Yep. Um, Scott Scudder. Scudder was one of the first rookie writer contracts, you know, that they uh, – you know, we were making some bank down there. I mean, we were, there were more Mercedes Benz in that parking lot than there was in the big leagues. We, we had some serious, some serious dudes. Um, I don't remember Greg McCarthy. I remember Tom McCarthy. I remember Greg. Greg, uh, I think he came over from the Braves or something. But he had, um, he was just, he was near the end. He was a competitor. Yeah. Um, but how, you skipped Jason Grimsley. I skipped Jason. Grimsley. Jason, how about that steroid story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was kind of the. Uh, remember his feet. Well, he's the Gus Hoffman. Oh, yeah. that was So, so remember, th- he lost his toe? Right. Yeah, because of yeah. A, a, like a four-wheel or something. Yeah. So he told me he hit a, hit a, hit a tree and separated. He was wearing flip-flops, all right, and he lost his toe. So he came Ooh. in one day bouncing. I'm like, dude, what's – and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he lost his toe. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. you know, and then a couple years later, I'm like, explain with the angels. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, he, he was a big <laughs> Gus, Gus Hoffling thing. Remember the, uh, the martial arts stuff yeah. that they, yep. they trained? Yep, yep. He was, that helped But him. he also was the – the transporter for all the steroids to all the guys at the beginning. Uh, so go back and read that story because he was the one that kind of brought the house down. Not so much bonds and all those guys, but as far as how it all got around. Yeah, and I don't was, think yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Jeff Mutis, another lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Christopher was a character. Yep. Him. Billy Wirtz. There was a lot of potential there that really didn't kind of max out uh, the mm-hmm. way it should have. But uh, he had some filthy stuff. Matt Young came over. Um, he was. He had a lot of big league time. I think he was just kind of like trying to find another day. Jerry Depoto, GM of the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. yeah. How about that? I, I that. never saw that coming. Me neither. In fact, you know? when I saw it, I'm like, that can't be the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same guy. There's not many yeah. Depotos. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie August, a little bit of time with Milwaukee. One of your favorites of all time, Dennis Cook. Dennis Cook, man. He makes me laugh just to think about the stories he you, had. You got to go I'm find him on Facebook. I don't know if you're on Facebook, oh, but he's, I have to know, go find he's got him. some beautiful daughters. And yeah. He's, he's with, he's, it's funny how we change from being kids to like, you know, somewhat reasonable adults. <laughs> but now we, we fake it pretty he good on Facebook. Man. We're a bunch of idiots anyway, but. Cliff Young, lefty. Mm-hmm. Dave Island, yep. uh, a lot of big league. Heathcliff Slocum, just that name. He was a big Cub guy for a while. Um, Paul Abbott, you know, I, I see on Facebook, still doing some things in baseball. Alan Anderson, I can't. He, and I, I'm trying to. He was he was a prospect with the Indians, and I think he just came yeah. up with us for a little bit. But I don't remember him. I don't remember much being uh, much influence or or uh, or Charlin, Colin Charlin. Yeah, I can't I remember. remember that name. Mark Clark, I had, you know, he he bounced in and out. Another Louis Lopez, Curtis, Julio Solano, a lot of time. Terry Wells, Zach Chenault. Yeah, but we won over a hundred games that year. Oh, it was wow. phenomenal. It yeah, was we phenomenal. just and we were just like you say, we just showed and go. We we were all in a, you know, I mean, I was probably one of the oldest. I think there was a couple <laughs> other guys born in 1960 that year. I think Solano was born in January, so he was older. How old than was I Mark was. Davidson? Davidson was probably right around that time. He was probably a year, you know, I was 34. I was 33, getting ready to turn 34, 33 and 93. So I think Davidson was probably 32. Okay. You know, so, but, you know, we had players, you know, upper, you know, we didn't have 20s and 19-year-olds. We had Mary and we had. Yeah, the story I always heard was that was the first year with Cleveland. So Cleveland wanted this team to be really good. Yeah. All right. And so they they were, you guys were really, really good. The the favorite thing was, you you know, Richmond was the Braves. And so they had Chipper and and Javi Klesko. Klesko, thank you. They had Klesko, they had um, Wollers. Bama had the Magnificent Eight, and Grady Little was managing that team. Yeah, so I know that. that. You guys were fired up when uh, when they would come to town. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so that was, uh, we that was a lot of and fun. They were, we, was, we were solved. Remember, the chipper came off in Charlotte, punched out or something like that, walked into the dugout and slammed his bat into the, uh, into the bat rack, yep. and it bounced up and took his teeth out. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember that. Well, the funny yeah. thing was, so Homer, all right, so this is funny because Homer the Dragon, if anybody I treated more that season, I could, <laughs> I could combine all of these guys, everything I did for them, it, all, could, together, it wasn't as much as I treated Homer. Yeah. Right? So, But Homer, that next day, yeah. every time he got up to bat, he played dentist office music, he played a drill. <laughs> all right? And Chipper went four for four that day with two jacks and two doubles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. The day after, yeah. he chips his tooth from throwing the bat. But that was, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun, that that league i mean they were they were you could see that overall they were going to be great yeah but we oh, were yeah. salty we were just old vets that came no, out and knew was... how to do it and man there was some trash talking and charlie was pretty good at it too the manager somebody well, never tell me a story when you guys got in a fight and charlie held klesko up to against the backstop yeah that's and klesko <laughs> and i ran i saw ryan a couple of years ago um when we were doing remember andrew when we were doing the uh that was last year? Yeah, last year. And uh, still a big boy, and I remember that. Like, Charlie had him, and he was going nowhere. Yeah. And I and Klesko had a look on his face like, okay, yes, sir. Yes, right. yes sir. Right. Yes, sir. Right. You I'm got it. Right here. You got it. But a lot of fun. We won, and we went into Rochester that year, and uh, we had a rough night the night before because it was raining. Mm. And we thought, okay, there's no way we're playing tomorrow. And we stayed in the bar drinking Genesee beer <laughs> all night long. Stan Olson was, the, uh, was one of the reporters oh, there. Oh, now I remember. And he was enamored with Alan Cockrell. You know, being a, uh, a first-round pick and a quarterback and all this other stuff. So we, out of the bar, we took one of these huge inflatable footballs and we took the whole bar up to the room. And uh, and Stan has his football and he goes, "Go ahead, Cockle, hit me. Go ahead, Cockle." Now, remember, we've been partying all night long, right? So nobody's in their right mind. And Alan's like, "No, really, Stan." He goes, "No, no, go ahead and hit me." Alan turned around and just plowed this reporter straight over like, <laughs> I don't think he's ever been the same I think his neck was out of whack but, but took him out but the next day before they're saying we're playing like how are we playing it's pouring out we're in Rochester freezing I'm like I gotta sweat this out man this isn't gonna be good and I go down to the sauna and it's like a line to get in the sauna <laughs> that's the difference between today and you know, yesterday yeah, now, I go now, sweat it out now they have chefs <laughs> and sleep coaches and all this other yep. stuff going on so that's right but Alan man this is this has been great thank yeah, you you know for the time and uh you know, like to do this every now and then and yeah. get, you, get you in here. But listen, people, you got you got to go. You got to. This is where you have to go. I've never sent anybody that I've had um, in our organization anywhere else. Just knowing one, like you said, the uh, the intangible part of it. It's not just the yeah. care. There's a lot of people who do the care, but you know, give you the uh, you know the structure and uh, and the approach to all this. It's really um, the science has changed. Mm -hmm. We all have to adapt to it, and. Uh, but you got to find the best, man. You, you know, you got to go kick the wheels, and I've kicked a lot of wheels, and this is it. <laughs> well, this you're is kind it. to say that. We've got a great staff. We got a lot of good therapists that, um, you know, a couple of guys pitched in college, and so they they understand the arm care side, and you know, we're just blessed to work with a lot of good people. That's our running joke. We don't work with anybody that doesn't get better because yeah. we didn't think they'd get better. <laughs> they wouldn't be working <laughs> with us. We kick them out. No. Well, and that's uh, and you're not just baseball. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of biased to that, <laughs> sure. but you know, you you handle a lot of other athletes and a lot of other sports, so. Yeah. Um, but thank you, man. Yeah, man. So we'll That's shake fine. hands. Yep. That's yep. right. We're good. We'll we'll off now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, appreciate everybody for listening to number 90-something. 90 92. 92 shows on the podcast. Wow. Over 200 on the radio. And awesome. So we're having a lot of fun. we got a good following. And, yeah. Um, you know, we That's appreciate awesome. everybody listening. That's we appreciate the questions. And uh, we're going to pop back on here Thursday or Friday, aren't we, Andrew? Yep. Um, this was a special edition. Ta -na -na -ta -na. So, <laughs> thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks for bringing it. Always. Way to That's go, right. Hannah. Good job. All right. Okay. Peace out. See ya. Yeah.